Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Horror Movie Night podcast. We are joined by Stephen Bay of Analog Jones as we are actually sitting at a table together, which is a, I don't think we've ever done this in the six years that we've podcasted. We tried, we tried, we but failed. but uh, we are in a hotel room <laughs> and we're going to talk about this week's movie, uh, Wrong Turn Six from 2014. As picked by somebody. Um, yeah, why, why, who can I blame for this event? Yeah, I'll have to... My phone's on the other side of the room. Uh, before we get... While we're doing What Did We Watch This Week, I will figure out who is to blame for this. But um, this one's bad. Like, like, so I know, bad. like, I know that we talk about, like... We reference Terror Tunes a lot as one of the worst things that we've ever discussed. And, and I'm not going to be, like, the biggest terror... Like, I, I've attempted to defend that movie enough um but what i will say is that terror tunes did not make me feel as gross as this movie made me feel yeah. while watching oh, I it i mean there was no incest in terror tunes <laughs> there was way too much in- incest in this movie the whole co- conceit of the movie is like incestuous like it's Man, who picked this shit? Yeah, I need to figure out who that is sooner rather than later, but I will say that... Oh, okay, I have it. Oh, who is it? Jack in Chicago. Jack in Chicago. Oh, you gotta be kidding me, Jack. You're from, <laughs> you're from my town and you picked this? Read the email. Oh. Did I put the whole email in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I still like you. All right. All right, so I'll make this short. Found you guys a couple months ago after listening to a different horror podcast, and wow, I credit iTunes for helping... Me find your treasure trove of awesome. Okay, there we go. All right. I went, uh, Off to a good start, Jack. <laughs> I have been through your catalog three times in a few months. Holy shit. And <laughs> that's, that holy shit is me. Um, and can't wait for more every week. Keep killing it. And I would like to hear your opinion on Wrong Turn 6. It's a terrible movie by all accounts, <laughs> including my own. But a guy explodes from a fire hose and there are boobs. Um... <laughs> Again, I just want to mention this is my interjection here. The guy gets anally raped by a fire hose. Like you didn't so, really explain this. So, very well so here's and the here's, boobs aren't good. Uh, I mean, I thought that they were okay, but who has good boobs in this? One girl has a nice butt, I think. But I mean, I, mean, the I thought girl? the I thought the girl that like gets ripped in half was looking pretty good. Yeah, until she gets ripped in half. <laughs> yeah, it, that was the first scene ever where I was like, "Wow, I kind of wish she." Because at first I was like, "Oh, they're gonna rape her," and then they rip her half, and I go, "Oh, I kind of wish they would have raped her." <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I don't that edit. Is, that is what Wrong Turn Six does to your brain. You're like, well, "Oh." The best part about the the fire hose death is that like. It's it, so absurd. Well, it happened in a Naked Gun movie. It happened in a Naked Gun movie, yeah, and we're doing like it seriously. years before this We're movie. doing it seriously in Wrong Turn 6. <laughs> like, yeah. the fa- so here's the thing. I looked at the Wikipedia page because 
I watched this this morning, and like midway through, I was just like, I'm going to read what Wikipedia says happens in this movie, so I'm at <laughs> least prepared, because this is awful. Um, and I was like, critical review. And I clicked in there, and the one review said, finally the wrong turn franchise gets back on its right footing. So what was so, that the director? Like, like apparently, and I—I I mean, I think between all three of us, none of us have seen part three, four, or five. Yeah, and I've yeah. only ever seen one. I've seen one and two. This is my first wrong turn, and probably my last. Yeah, uh, you made the right decision yeah. by I, not. I mean, getting soiled. Wrong turn two is decent enough because it's Joe Lynch, but that's about it. But. uh yeah, I have. There's if, no. If this is if this no is making Elijah up for yeah, if this is making up for what the other sequels were, then I am definitely not adventuring into three, no, four, like, and five. I, I, I can't imagine anybody will be like, "Man, Wrong Turn Five was garbage," but Wrong Turn Six is pretty solid. Like, <laughs> what does it have a Wrong Turn Five? Yeah. But uh, um, I want to also mention that Jack in Chicago. You're right. There are more than one set of boobs in this film. Um, the girl at the beginning... Yeah, she was fine. She was actually really fit. I, I have notes about this. Okay. Wow, are we getting a nude scene in the first two minutes? This is like having dessert before dinner. Um, so my notes basically go downhill from there because I'm like, no one wears a thong and sexy bra on an off-road bike ride. Like, suspension of disbelief fucking ruined. And then, like... The deaths... The CGI arrow through the oh, side of the head. God. The like, barbed wire decapitation. The barbed wire decapitation is so dumb because that's not how bodies work. But <laughs> no, if, if we're going to be talking about bad women's anatomy, like, the biggest thing that really grossed me out, like, yeah, I really didn't like the incest. Yeah, I didn't like the woman getting her leg ripped off. But really the grossest part about this movie is um, the fact that they're going to have sex in a hot spring. Because you know, like, bacteria grows and they're like, why would you open your vagina up to that kind of yeah. salt? I uh, have a note that says, I guarantee you Scott says something about bacteria in the vajayjay. No! <laughs> no way! Yes. You are, wow, impressed. Um, you know me too well. So... My favorite part of this entire movie is right before the arrow to the face, and it's that one of the, like, incest mutant creatures comes running past the camera, and he's basically doing, like, a curly from three suits, like, whoa, as he, like, runs by. And that's, like, that's not even the shittiest thing about them. Their facial prostheses. Oh. Their their Halloween mask. (laughs) faces are the worst thing about them not the the three stooges oh my god but when he ran by i was just like oh my god why is he making that noise jack you fucked us so hard (laughs) jack i'm gonna tell you right up front buddy i've watched all four movies for listener submitted month and you get like the golden douche award because this is this is easily the worst of the four that we have to watch this month. This is month. the worst listener pick of all time. Like Terror Tunes and Drive Through were were listener picks. Okay, well here's the thing. He's about made both. the top five. Yeah, well he's made top three. Uh, <laughs> actually, I, impressive. I, I would say that this is up there as with as bad as as Terror Tunes because Terror Tunes made me feel dirty and like. Uh, 90s new metal way yeah and this just made me feel dirty in every possible way like this is like getting groped by your priest while also seeing your parents have sex while also sticking your hand in a dead skunk's asshole like that is the grossest you could ever feel watching a movie like the only other movie that I can like that, that comes to mind as as unsettling, unsettlingly bad, and I'm not trying to make this comparison by saying that they're even in the same fucking universe of like filmmaking. But the only movie that made me feel this gross that comes to mind readily is Seven. Okay. No, I'm sorry, not Seven. Eight Millimeter. Okay. Ooh, you know, like, because Seven's one. a good movie. Like, yeah. Seven makes you feel really dirty, like the, the but you're, like, razor supposed dildo, to. if yeah. you're supposed to. Eight Millimeter is just a grimy, disgusting film that doesn't really have any redeeming qualities to it, and that's the way Wrong Six feels like. To this, me. this is a movie that a main character fucks his long-lost sister, 
and it's like a life, it. it's a life changing thing for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is, this he is a love drinks story. Blood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is. It is a romance. Like if you want <laughs> to get your sister in the mood, you grab a copy of Wrong Turn Six. You pop this baby in. You feed her some blood, fermented blood, mind yeah. you, and you guys get to fucking. Can I? Can I? talk about how dumb these incest cannibals are. So this is the sixth movie, and I'm assuming... They get this, dumb each time? <laughs> yes, I, I'm assuming it keeps... And you said the Three Stooges. I kind of had that, and I go, this is like the Three Stooges. But they also kill a woman in the middle of the hallway, you know, when they have this giant hotel that they're trying yeah. to make business from. The and horny go, granny. So you got, yeah, the horny granny, the dirty old... I got dirty old woman. That's a twist. Um, <laughs> and so then they kill the cop. And his big plan, three finger, is I know what I'm going to do with the cop car. I'm going to roll it ten feet off the road. No one will find that. Yeah, and nobody's using like gloves or anything. Like, how is this? Well, how like, have they not been caught if they're so terrible at forensics. Well, like I don't. So, so the premise of this movie is that Danny has never known his family. And he finds out that he could meet his family, like his distant relatives. So they go to this hotel to meet his family, and. He brings way too many friends. <laughs> on he this. seven people with yeah. him. And like, two carloads of people. Yeah. And, and, and they get out of the one. Now, I might have been fast forwarding a little bit. Just FYI. <laughs> uh, so, so they, the first car rolls up. And yeah, because originally I wrote down him and his two friends, and yeah. then I'm like, then oh, there's another car of people. And that they know each other. Like, <laughs> that, it is not implied in the film. Like, I don't. I guess that we sh- we shouldn't expect too much like real plot. <laughs> I guess this was answers wrong. that we would have gotten from Wrong Turn Five. If we, <laughs> we were so, did you guys? What year is this movie supposed to take place? Because there's, there's no cell phones. There's they, no just, cell phones, and they, he had that that crappy camera. He's like, "Look, it's little and mobile." Oh and yeah, and I'm yeah, like, so "What? This, what year is this a prequel?" So we're like, "This is this that sound is the sound of us." Taking our We're trying to sell that this weekend. Yeah. Do you think anybody's going to give you two dollars? Have you seen the people that have walked around this convention? So this is a 2014 movie. Yeah. What? The yeah, this fuck? is four years old. This is one of the newest movies we've ever discussed this on this is show. The worst. This is the worst movie from 2014, and I'm not even considering schlocky trauma shit. Like yeah. this is like how in the fuck? So so like the described the, on here. Uh, they, they. I love the fact that that camera looks like okay. I was in college in like 2002 and got a camera that looked just like that. A digital camera yeah. that looked just like that. So, did they film this movie 12 years ago and it took 12 years? Because I could, I would give it so much more credit if they, like, it was this passion project and they're like, God, I really want to get my movie made and like they try and find somebody that'll just take it. And, and nobody takes it for 12 years and then they like, they're like, oh wow. It's been twelve years, and there are now cell phones that you can get. You can get like reception pretty much anywhere in America, and you can take pictures with your phone. <laughs> like maybe they're just like, God damn! I guess we can't really fix this in post. We should just get our movie out. Yeah, and no one will notice. No, no, no one is. There's going- no. What do you think is going to happen? Three guys are going to sit in a hotel room <laughs> and discuss it. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> Nailed it. Um. It <laughs> so that's not the most egregious like technological problem I have with this film. The most egregious one is why would you frame pictures of all the inbred babies? Yeah, like if and they're just all hang around the hotel. Babies, like who's coming to this fucking hotel? So, uh, but that's the why D- they need Danny's eye. The DVD <laughs> I have for this, all those pictures were blurred out. Yeah, all the missing so, posters so was were mine. blurred out. Why? Yeah. What? Yeah. When they were like, when when like the sheriff was like, "Have you seen this woman?" It was like, it's and it's not fucking Schindler's List where I need a red jacket. Like it was like everything on the bulletin board was blurred out except for the old lady's one photo. And part of me is like, did they was just like, like hang a photo? Like, was it like Boca on just the the yeah they like. Like, like everything deep. was blurred. Like like if I had rubbed my hands on my glasses so that they were all smudged yeah, out. Think that was done in post production. I think that they literally just hung a thing on a bulletin oh board and then God. we're like, I don't know if we can legally have these things that are you on this bulletin. You think that was a real bulletin board with real <laughs> messing people? <laughs> no, but I think like 
they didn't build one. I think, or that I don't know because you're right. The photos, I couldn't tell what the fuck was in the photos when they were looking at the photos because they were I all blurred. It was just a shitty like Vimeo. I watched this on Vimeo. Oh, no, what you were seeing was the quality of the DVD. Wow. What if wow. this movie? What if they broke into a hotel to record it and they're just like check these pictures and yeah, it's just gorilla, just gorilla warfare yeah. in this hotel. Go- gorilla video. Uh, Cinematography, rather. Um, you know, I, I don't think that that's like, going to make any, this movie better if I knew that they had like risked getting arrested because there are no excuses for this film. Like, the, 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 the cinema, like, they spent 45 days yeah. filming this movie. A like, $1.2 uh, million dollar budget. Are you kidding? And it was all spent on Three Fingers Mask. Dude, all of it. Like that mask, I, I swear to God, I could make a better mask out of paper mache, and I don't have that kind of skill, like, at all. So, uh, Not to mention, these kids are the most annoying kids that I've seen in a yeah, movie in a yeah, really long time. they're supposed to be, I have notes Are they supposed to be this. endearing? Like, they're <laughs> supposed to be cute, but also they act like they're high schoolers on spring break. Yeah. Like, not even college students. They act, and, and like... Well, the Danny one dude and his chick are going at it like rabbits at any fucking corner. Like, all the time. And, 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 like, is she the one that brings the dildo? I'm sure the she vibrator? is. I don't remember. Like, who, who brings the I was the also working from boyfriend. home while watching this. <laughs> I, I was no. working from home while I was watching it, too, because, like, I wasn't about to spend all of my energy on watching it. But, like, th- there are so many confusing parts about this movie, like... A 12-year-old wrote this screenplay yeah. because one guy is like, let's get naked. And then he jumps into the pool fully clothed. Yeah. Like, wh- wh- why? And then we get, um, yeah, like, no woman brings a vibrator on vacation, first of all. Second of all, why would you bring a fucking vibrator on vacation with your boyfriend who you want to bang all the time? Like, are you really that horny that, like, it's been 15 minutes, he's in his refractory stage, and you're like... God, I really need some dick right now. Like, <laughs> Jesus well, maybe Christ. it's for him. Up his poop, up his poop choop. I, honestly, that's where that fire hoses go. So- oh, that's correct. And <laughs> <laughs> makes your tummy go boom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes my tummy go boom when I think about I it. I feel like this is one of those few movies where most of my notes is just anger. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I hate Sally so much. It took me like a good forty minutes to find out what her name really was. Yeah. Because I was like, Sandy, what are they fucking? What is there? What are they saying? Her Wait, name is Sandy, like the good girl. No, Sally is the sister. Yeah, the sister. Oh, spoiler alert, everybody that's listening. Sally is Danny's sister, and she's got the crazy eyes down pat. Like, and she must have smoked a pack of cigarettes a day because she sounds like she's about to have lung cancer. Is awful. She's just awful. Like, also, I'm sure you can tell, but like, I am fighting a horrible cold. I'm like. Snot everywhere. Yeah, you're just dripping. Fighting, <laughs> fighting against my hatred for this film. But like, <laughs> god damn. He's like, I could be sleeping, but the world needs to know to not watch Wrong Turn 6. Yeah, like, this this 30 minutes is 15 <sighs> minutes longer than you should be spending thinking about this film. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's... I Like, I, I have so little. I Like, we've covered most of it. Um, there is one quote that I wanted to write down in this movie, which is right before the, like, uh, you think you're going to get raped and then it's just a really gross sex slash death scene that's really uncalled for. Oh, is the, they walk gee, past, this is, this is one way to get kinky. That, no, no, that, the that line part? is they walk past the statue and he just goes, they're screwing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, like, a 12 year old boy wrote this script. Like, this is worse than when we watched The Wraith. Yeah, the Wraith was a twelve-year-old boy script. This doesn't have any excuses. One point two million dollars. Yes. Yeah. I'm no willing. Bullshit. What, the more what they, did they spend that okay, on? I've got an idea. I, I think I figured this out. Craft service. I think. <laughs> Apparently. I think that there was a kid, maybe twelve, thirteen years old. Oh my old. god! Was this a Make a Wish movie? Oh. No. I think that twelve that a twelve or thirteen-year-old in two thousand four saw the first wrong turn. And wrote a screenplay for a sequel, and spent ten years of his life waiting to make it, and was like, "I don't even need to do a rewrite." Was perfect the first draft. <laughs> so that kid's name would be Frank Woodward, <laughs> the writer. <laughs> I mean, you're, you got your phone out. What else has has Frank blessed us with? Anything else? He just does short documentaries. Like one of them is called "Blood on the Pines." <laughs> I don't like. So, oh, and also in his IMDb, for like one of the first things that you notice, he's like. He worked on Reservoir Dogs, and I go, that's interesting. And then I looked at what he did, electrician. 
<laughs> so he couldn't have been 12 when the first wrong Dude, turn movie was. He one so of those he's like hero 40 something. Yeah, he's a hero electrician that was in Carnosaur 2. Yeah. He made it out. He was, he was like touching the kid's thigh. He was like, it's okay, kid. And then he writes the screenplay for Wrong Turn 6, like immediately following Carnosaur 2. And he's like, how can I get this movie made? And then he does Reservoir Dogs, and he's like, I, this is my big payday because, like... This is where all the budget's going to come Buscemi from. Steve Buscemi is going to be in Wrong Turn 6. We don't even have to put a mask on him. Yeah. He got paid $1.2 million to do the electrician work for his Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> and I, I, he had no backers for this movie. Like, he just like, fuck it. I, I don't... I think that these films... I think there's going to be Wrong Turn 7. I think that this franchise, Why? for whatever reason, just prints money for people. But the thing is, yeah, because you can make it for one point two. You know how many people need to buy this movie for them to make that one point two back? Not that many. <laughs> like, well, did you buy it, or is this? One I bought you just it. Found this, on the street. This was this was uh, like six dollars. You're part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, six dollars for that. I'll tell you how much that cost just to make that. That was that was a one dollar and twenty five cent. Oh, Maybe. I'm aware. My other option to buy this was to do the wrong turn movie pack of one through six. That was $45 used on Amazon. Why? There is a fan base for this franchise, and I don't get it. But I also don't get the Saw franchise fan base or I the Hostel least, okay, fan base. I can get the Saw franchise because it's like very elaborate set pieces. It's yeah. like Grand Guignol. Like it's, yeah. it's basically like... Set them up, knock them down. All these people are terrible. They're all going to die. You get a little bit of crime noir in there, and you get a lot of really gratuitous, out there, ridiculous torture porn. Like, I get the Saw movies. I don't like them, and I refuse to watch them, but I get them. This is just like... I don't even know why redneck backwoods horror is a subgenre. Because, like... Okay, we got I Spit on Your Grave. We get, I mean... And the we, 70 we get, stuff is almost... Eyes. Yeah, like, like, that what stuff's else do you all, need? Well, and that's the thing that's, that's weird. It's all stuff that started in the 70s and was like its own unique, very special thing at that time that suddenly in like 2004, everyone decided they needed to remake those backwoods movies and like they completely missed the point. Because like I feel like you watch, you watch The Hills Have Eyes, you watch... Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and to a slightly lesser extent, you watch I Spit on Your Grave because I wouldn't completely consider that backwoods. Well, and I, you I, watch. I think my problem is, is that, that I haven't watched I Spit on Your Grave since like 1999. Yeah, I watched the remake when it came out. But that's what I mean. They they and upped the, the ante and made it way worse. Absolutely, yeah. like yeah, the remake is one of the most excruciating films I've ever watched, and this is not like this is like the cheap, really fucking like bare bones concept of that same yeah. genre like I, but it's, it's like that genre made sense in 1977 it does not have a place in 2014 well i think toby <laughs> cooper was oh no i'm sorry it's you're talking about i spent on your grave but like well no the, the west like, craven well, toby cooper like, all so of them like, yeah. so when they created that that was their art i mean they were young and they had something to say this isn't art at all wrong turn <laughs> six is just like, hey, let's go grab Valerie Milva, who's done now two cannibal mutant, mutant cannibal movies, two zombie flicks, and now one that I found fascinating called Bulletproof, which is about super soldiers that are half pigs and half human. I that you guys like an Analog Jones episode for sure. It is absurd. I watched the trailer. No, I watched... God, no. Um, Not yet. (laughs) Not Not yet. yet. Uh, I watched the trailer to it. The trailer is more fascinating than this entire movie. Like, (laughs) I I don't know if she was put through this... Wait, so which character are we talking about? Are we talking about crazy blonde Sally? Oh, no, no. Are we talking about the hot brunette at the beginning? No, Valerie is the director's name. Oh, the the director. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, you were saying Valerie, and I was thinking, like, okay, which hot girl in this movie? Because you like, don't think women can direct films. Got him, oh my got him, This was directed no, by a woman? About <laughs> act- wait, wait, <laughs> wait, so an actual woman put, uh, like, this is, like, fucking the most anti-feministic horror film I've is ever that, seen. This is list. a woman, a female director? I think, because I couldn't find the picture. Uh, so wow. It's, name was Valerie Mil- Maliv. Directed so, by, but written by... By yeah, by Mr. Twelve Year Old Frank yeah. Woodward, yeah. 
What? I can't imagine any woman that would be so hard up that she would be like, we need some incest yeah. part exploitation. Of me, part of me wonders if this was a deal movie. So if you make this piece of junk and we make a little bit of money, we'll let you do your super it, soldier pig movie. Oh, well, it could it okay. could be it could be um I think it's in one of the uh in that Shockwaves episode. They talk about the one with John Lannis that you listen to. Is that where they talk about uh Roger Corman and like humanoids from the deep yes. in that where he's like they're like, is there anyone we shouldn't interview? And he's just like, the girl who did Humanoids from the Deep, you could probably avoid, like, because she had oh, no intentions of that movie being, like, a fish rape movie. And it was just like, we need more fish rape in this yeah, flick. Yeah. Like, she could have made a really just decent, like, death in a hotel movie. And then afterwards, they're like, yeah, no, it's great. We'll we'll do the editing. And it's like, add some more real weird incest rape in there if you can. <laughs> yeah, the, the writer came back and he was like, reshoots. Let's just do reshoots. So you guys highly recommend this film. Yep, two thumbs up. <laughs> um, Jesus, two, two fire hoses up my asshole. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, so we're, is there so, anything else worth note, noting? Yeah, yeah um, I, I, this is one of the things that, and I want to say this was, I, this might actually also be the John Landis episode of Shockwaves, where they talk, oh no, I'm sorry, it was when they were talking to the director and writer of Channel Zero Butcher's Block, because yeah. they're talking about, so, which I have not watched yet, but they're talking about the fact that um, they have, like, smart cannibals, that they're, like, kind of worldly, instead of where everybody thinks about cannibals as being, like, ah, oh, rip somebody's arm off and eat it raw, um... That shit happens in this movie because, like, they do they like they slice kill a the deer and it's like unsettling. Oh yeah, I a hate deer. that deer death. I mean, and, obviously, you yeah, guys know yeah, I don't like the, yeah. the, the the animal deaths in movies, but but it then is, it like, just cuts to like a guy just chowing down on like the raw deer. But that's not and, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when the, right be, right when they start to drug Danny. Yeah, when they do the big ritual, um, they take his buddy and string him up. And do they cut him in half, or do they draw and quarter him, or something? Something but his like guts that, yeah. fall out, and then they're all like just descend upon the guts. And well, because it's like borderline no a cannibal value. movie. <laughs> yeah, like what, what's what's the nutritional value of like intestines? You're eating someone's shit, like yeah. li- literally, like they're they're not they're not cleaning it. There's no like sanitation. Like how are these these weird like hillbilly monsters able to stomach this? Whatever. But then Sally does this weird, super uncomfortable sex dance. It's like mm. this seduction dance, and Danny's all about it. And and they, like, have this weird slow-mo fucking while all the hick family members are standing around him. And it is like, absolutely. It's like the sex scene. It's like the, the, the love scene. The... the, the it, yeah, we're supposed it, to be it, super happy that this happened. Like, yeah, like you're supposed to empathize with Danny that he finally gets to complete his life's goal of like being one with his family. Yeah, but like, you know how in movies it's, in the eighties. Side note: It's really funny hearing you say that while you have a cold because your eyes are teary, and it felt like you were like genuinely the, like yeah, moved. I'm, like, I'm so moved by, this, like, by, by the scene. It's like so sensuous. And if you like pulled into this movie at that scene and you with no other context the, with no context and you, and you were able to cut it so you don't see the deformed monsters behind them dancing around this fire where there's a dead body and there'd like, be like a sax solo and like just it, the most yeah, sensual like 80s like love every, scene. Every crime noir movie from the late 80s where the guy's like smoking a cigarette and he's like, oh, it's another case, another day. And then he like bangs the chick that he's supposed to be finding out about her dead husband. and But it's actually, he's fucking a sister in front of all their cannibal brothers and sisters. You so, know, typical you normal movie trope. Yeah. I was really happy when he started to bang his sister because I'm like, oh, movie's over. Yeah. Done. And I kept, I checked the time on this. The thing I is that think there was 25 more, times. Yeah. Uh, there was more incest after the incest scene. Yeah. He's banging his sister real sensually. When she's like deformed and, and like, like oh, I was talking about walk. the very end where oh, she gets oh. on the straps. Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> God. Is, like, I, it just made, that made me so uncomfortable. Like, I and they CGI'd her leg out. Like, yeah. that's where some of that 1.2 million went. They like, so uh, for the listener, so you don't have to watch the movie, she gets acid or bleach boiling or water. It boiling was just water. boiling like water. water on her face, yeah. and then somebody shoots her arm and leg off. 
or yeah. something. Uh, so she somehow is like only one it's leg Danny's and one bo- arm. Ex girlfriend. Yeah. And he's like, "You're trying to kill my family," and he shoots her in the fucking face. And then at the end, like Sally's all healed up, and he like picks her up, and he lovingly sets her on the 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 the. Which is more like a birthing table than a fucking... It, that's what I thought it was. When she's I like, this is you, a birthing table. I'm like, like, how do you not know what those straps are? Like, what, <laughs> I've never been to the gyno. I've never been to the gyno. I know what those straps I've are I've been for. to the gym where it has that one machine that looks like it's from the gyno. Yeah, Matt, Guys, I, it's I efficient. <laughs> yeah, she can get on there... Get, get pregnant, pregnant and, and then boom, the pop baby. out the yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, is it? Oh, is these babies one hundred percent look like the babies from fucking It's Alive Three, Island of the Alive. Like, that's what this movie yeah. is. You know how it's like super horrifying in Species Two when the guy comes back and um, he's now an alien. He doesn't know it, but he like is getting a medal, and then he bangs two chicks in the. Uh, in the, the the bathroom at the awards ceremony and one chick becomes like super pregnant within like a 30 yeah, second yeah. span yeah. Um, that really fucked me up this is like that same thing where she like gets this inbred baby and so she's just laying there it's not like she, she's not getting up she doesn't have any legs she yeah. has one leg and and so she's like it's just like fucked baby try again because like the, the, that's the like he's like romantically like touching her deformed burnt face and she's like crying she's so happy and and he's like we'll just keep trying yeah and even after that they still put a boob scene in there i was just like wow okay you're just gonna end with that which is why i really do think that all of the sex scenes and then says we're like someone else after valerie finished this movie but the thing is is that like she really wanted I to get that so big mutant soldier movie. I feel movie. so bad for the women in this film. Like, I feel bad for the women in Humanoids from the Deep. Yeah. Sure. But, like, Humanoids from the Deep is Corman crap. Like, it's... it's I, was gonna, I it's hate when people say so this. Mean, it's not mean-spirited. I hate to say this because I've heard so many people say this all of the time. But, like, the whole, like, it was a different era thing as well is, like, a, 2014, you should fucking know better. Yeah, like, absolutely. And also, like, it's not... This movie is shocking without being... Like, it's not shocking. I'm sorry. It's not shocking. It's grotesque without being shocking. You know? Like, I don't need to see incest. Like, you know, fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre was shocking because even when I saw it for the first time in, let's say, 1996. I don't know. Yeah. But the first time I saw it, it was shocking because of it being a good movie. Yeah. But also, like... <laughs> and it just felt so real. Yeah, like, like you can do shocking in 2014, and you can talk about these concepts if you want to have an incest movie. I don't know. But, like, this movie is so... plain. Yeah. You know? Like, everything is just... It's, Here I, it is. I watched five movies for this weekend, and it is the movie that I have the least amount of notes for. And it's not just because I was infuriated while watching it, but it just was like... I have nothing to, like, one of my notes just says, this movie's just happening. Like, there's no words that I, it's just I'm watching it. It's watching a train wreck. Like, it's yeah. just like, all right, well. I don't know what you guys are talking about. This is the Citizen Kane of horror movies. <laughs> I mean, this, it's, no, this is, like, so forgettable, but now that I'm talking to you guys about it, I feel like I'm having a reverse effect where I'm like. Do you want this for $2? Hell no. <laughs> hell no. I've got more VHSs to buy. Yeah. Yeah. You should, everybody, you should see the pile because yeah. I brought him like nine VHS's and in he's the car. doubled that in the yeah and he in the convention I bought a couple and and like it's just I'm gonna have to box them all up and ship the media mail to him like after this weekend because there's no way he's gonna be able to get those into his uh, into his <laughs> carry on for for his trip back. Uh, should we move on to like the what we want? Well, I mean, yes, I just like, would I like to more. say. Uh, oh, he's got more. Jack, thanks for listening. <laughs> like, for the last time. <laughs> um, no, he loves kidding. the abuse. He yeah. wouldn't have told us to pick yeah, this. There's no, this, is, this is absolutely a, oh, they're going to hate this. Like, this was not like... Yeah, we should have known better. <laughs> um, I voted for this. Like, yeah. You and I both voted for this. It was a two out of two. Oh, is that guy, yeah. how you guys do it? That yeah. was how we did it for this. And then you vote? That's how we did yeah. it for this month. Was yes, yeah. we, we, like, So actually, we only have ourselves to blame for yeah, both, This one's on us. I mean, this one. This one is the most egregious. But like, yeah, and I understand that 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 terror it worked. Tunes, it, it worked out for three of the four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it actually did. But like, terror tunes did have you championing it and drive through you championing it. So yeah. like, I do blame you for those. That's why I always forget. And I always were, say, and listen to the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I was on a just a hate bender 
<laughs> like I, I was so upset. I can't listen to those episodes anymore because I'm just so. I hate myself. <laughs> but that is where we found the 420 boys. That was a yeah, big. Yeah. That was a big. Those like, oh, those fags. Is that right? Is that the line from that movie? Yeah. For anybody that doesn't want to listen to our episode of 420 boys, that's like those two lines right there are drive-through. Fuck that movie. Anyway, so, so what did you guys watch this week? <laughs> I guess I'll start. Uh, so when I saw that uh, Lynch directed the second one of this, yeah, I went to Shutter after spending like ten minutes trying Are to all find of them something. On no, no. Okay, good. So I spent ten minutes on Netflix searching for something, and I'm I'm bored. I'm gonna go to Shutter. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mayhem! And I watched Mayhem, and it's really good. Yeah, it's. It's I haven't seen it yet, but I'm told it's great. Yeah. It's Did title, I talk about it? You already? talked about yeah. it already, yeah. It's title perfectly represents what you're getting. It's like anti-corporate mayhem. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's not a zombie flick. I want everyone to know that. No, it's not. Thank goodness, or else I would not have said nice things about it either. <laughs> and it was fun. I have a UK magazine called Scream that comes out bi-monthly, and I read, he talked about it. So... All his movies, I would figure this guy would have like a contract with someone. He still works a day job. Yeah, no, he what said that. Fuck? Wait, did you hear that on the Geekscape podcast? Yeah, he he wrote this because this was his day job in between movies, and he wrote a film while working like an I office job. To that episode, and that, yeah. I must have totally missed that. Yeah, like he, that line because that was a thing that John has brought up a bunch because he's like, this is the sad reality. Like, streaming has done a lot of good things, but it is ruin the ability for a dude to be a full-time director like unless they are wow. steven spielberg or like someone who's like doing stuff with marvel 99 percent of the directors out there it's like you make a movie and you go back to a day job and write a script and hope that you Somebody can sell that, that one. one yeah and then leave your day job again and then find a new day job so like, what, what else has joe lynch done recently uh, I mean, he had some rough patches because, like, he had the Selma Hayek. Um, uh, the name is escaping me because I've been up since <laughs> forever. But uh, where she is hunted down in a hotel room, it's pretty good. I really wish I could yeah. remember the name. But he did like we've been over this a couple times. Yeah, he did like Chillerama. Yeah, yeah, he did like Nights of Badassdom and stuff oh, like oh, that. Nights of Badassdom. That's the one. I but was that. But, but that's like, the one that the, he t- he think? disowned that one. He was oh, so really? he did not. He said that the script that he had worked so hard on did and he the movie. Well. He directed as well. He said the movie that they uh, he talks about on Geek, on the Geekscape episode. I think he says like maybe I didn't finish that episode because yeah, I feel like I have such big gaps yeah, in my. He mind. he said like there is a great movie in Knights of Bad Astum that I was completely cut and edited down to a movie that is not something that I'm proud of. The concept is fantastic. Yeah, he said it was like a gory R-rated film, and they were like, "No, we're making a PG-13 movie, whether oh, you like okay. to like it or not." And he's yeah. like, "That's not what I wrote." And like they got they had such a great like there's a good cast, cast yeah. You know, and I, I I thought that it was very tongue in cheek, which makes sense when you know it's Joe Lynch. But yeah. like, but um, it's it's like really hard to stomach that. I, I, but man, when you think about like the way that Knights of Badassdom looked, yeah, versus the way that Mayhem looks, Mayhem is a beautiful film. Like it is. I watched it on Shutter as well. Like, and I watched it on a TV. I would like. Love, I would just love to watch it on like a big screen because I feel like the colors would pop better and like because it's very it's very contrasty. Like it, it, I don't know if that's the 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 way that they did the the post production or if it's the actual way that it was like the way that the sets were built. But it's very like drab and it's very that's why the blood pops so much and uh, it's got the chick from the babysitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is just who's crazy. also in three billboards. I forgot that she's in three billboards over Ebbing, Missouri, as a as the ex husband's nineteen uh, year old girlfriend. Yeah, but she's brunette. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's the best part of that movie. Yeah, because so, she plays. Like, I, I don't think she's the best part, but uh, I would say the other actors who tore up in that. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> she's so funny in that movie. Um, I think she, I think she's great. I'd probably watch anything my, with her. In my it. favorite oh, thing about people talking about the movie Mayhem, though, is that every time I hear the word Mayhem, you think about whatever it takes. <laughs> mayhem, baby. <laughs> That's Ben Foster. <laughs> That's not Ben. No, Foster. no, no. That's it's Aaron not... Paul. Thank you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I always, I always get those two guys confused because in get my over brain. It. <laughs> because yes, exactly. Because I... they are both. They look the same. They, they looked. I'm sorry. They, they looked, looked the, same. the same in the '90s. They both did D-level 
uh, teen flicks teen that deserve flicks. more credit because yes. they're both great. Yeah, like and, and Get Over It has Kirsten does and Martin Short in it, like, and Cisco. Coach calls me crazy doesn't, legs. That doesn't mean shit. Like, yeah, uh, and, and also like that. Also that 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 movie gave me my favorite quote that I used in high school that no one got. Uh, front butt. Yeah, keep keep icing yeah, your, front. your front butt. Yeah, uh, I, I always see little Steven in movies randomly, and I'm like, little Steven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, Get Over It is a great film, but like, whatever it takes is way better. And, yeah. and like, that's got James fucking Franco in it, yes. and Shane West, yeah. who we will be talking about very. Shane soon. West also in Get Over It. That's right. That's right. That's why I always screw up uh, Ben Foster and Aaron Paul. But like Aaron Paul, science bitch, mayhem bitch. <laughs> These movies are slowly coming back to me because yeah. I haven't watched them in a long time. Dude, Get Over It's a blast. I mean, yeah. Whatever It Takes is, I agree, the better of the two, but Honestly, they are both I, fun Honestly, I've gotten shit. way more mileage out of Whatever It Takes. Yeah. Just because I like the story better. Get Over It, I find the characters to be a little annoying. So my thing with Get Over It, I think it's the reason why I've always liked it, Martin Short is 110% playing my high school drama teacher. Like, it is so spot on, his mannerisms, and like being on the drama club and stage crew, I'm like... Yeah, no, this was, like, it is, om- like, can't hardly wait level snapshot of my high school experience yeah. so perfectly. Um, so this week I watched a movie that my brother had brought up uh, uh, maybe like a month ago on Netflix, um, A Stupid and Futile Gesture. About Lam- National Lampoons. About National Lampoons, and that is, I've watched it twice so far. Uh, what do you think about John Landis's take on it? <laughs> um I can get what he means because uh, they do – like I don't know who Doug Kenny is outside of this movie. Of course, yeah. Most but, people don't. But they do play him as more of like this endearing buffoon who just happened to like land success. He fell upwards. Yeah, less, basically. Yeah. And and I I think that he probably was a brilliant comedic mind. Um, I also feel like the movie tries a little too hard to definitively say uh, – spoiler alert – that David – that Doug Kinney killed himself. Whereas like, if you look into like the shockwaves episode and there's a lot of stuff on like his Wikipedia page, the Wikipedia, it's it's, it's inconclusive. It's very inconclusive. The police have not ruled it as a, they didn't rule it as a suicide, did they? But I do like the Harold Ramis quote, which is that I think he fell looking for a place to jump, which yeah. is like such a shitty thing to say about your friend. But like, but it also, it, the thing is, but it's endearing it to their sense of humor. It, it yeah. does. And it also basically says it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, you know, like I think that's where Harold Ramis leaves it. Is yeah. like it doesn't matter what his intention yeah. was; he's gone anyway. Yeah, and it's it's a very it's funny, it's touching, and it's um, for me it was a very difficult movie to watch because before I'd seen it, uh, I had heard about it through Brian on the podcast, and he said like I have never connected to another comedic mind the way that I feel like I connect with this character. Uh, so I had that in my mindset while watching it. Um, and there's a scene that uh, the both times that I've watched it, someone's been like, yeah, that would be you and your brother if you ran a company. Is his best friend is this very, like, soft-spoken, intellectual, doesn't get into the partying nearly to the level that Doug Kenny does. And apparently they were supposed to be – National Lampoon was supposed to be bought out by their investor after five years. And the guy was trying to back out of the deal. Uh, so in the movie, Doug Kinney jumps up on the desk and he's like throwing stuff around. He's like, give us our fucking money. And his friend just stands there and like the investor's like, come on, you're the intelligent one. Can you talk some sense into him? And he just looks over and knocks a single plaque off the wall and just keeps staring. And everyone's like, that would be you in the situation. Like you're so non-confrontational while Brian would be the hothead, like on a table screaming at somebody. Um, but it's, I mean, it is. Re, like especially if you grew up, I grew up watching Caddyshack and Animal House. They are my yeah. dad's like two of my dad's favorite movies. They do such a good job of recreating scenes from those movies like perfectly. The guy who does Rodney Dangerfield's voice sounds so much like Rodney Dangerfield that it's like chilling. Um, the people do not look like anybody, but they sound like they got people who did perfect vocal impressions of these characters. Um, and it's just I had no clue. How much uh, a big element of it is how much Doug Kenny felt that uh, Saturday Night Live completely stole everything from him because the writers on National Lampoons when right before SNL launched were Chevy Chase, Jim Belushi, Gilda Radner, Bill Murray um, and like three other people who became the main writers of the first season. He's like, 
basically, like, you find out that they were offered a TV slot, and their investor was like, oh, they don't have time to do a TV show. And then, like, six months later, SNL happened, and they just took everybody from National Lampoon's. And that was a big part of his depression. The reason why he did Animal House was basically to be like, well, fuck you. You take my guys and you make a TV show, I'll make a fucking movie. (laughs) So it's a very interesting story. It's worth watching. I could not believe... I mean, we all know they did a lot of cocaine in the 70s. Yeah, oh, the level. I could not believe the level of cocaine Brian Kenny and Chevy Chase did. Like, <laughs> and if that's true, yeah. how is Chevy Chase still alive? I love- He's one of those mutants yeah. like like Ozzy Osbourne where genetically he can get away yeah. with it. They're, that's why he's still alive. I do love the scene. Uh, you, have, have you, you haven't seen it yet, right? I have right? not seen it yet. There's I a don't scene, actually intend to watch there's it. There's a scene in a party where a guy's trying to talk to Doug about his screenplay. And he's like, can you give me some notes? He's like, do you want to see what $20,000 worth of cocaine looks like? And he just like opens this cabinet. And the guy's like, no, but seriously, I'm like, holy shit, that's a lot of cocaine. <laughs> and then like they walk away and Chevy Chase walks over like a plate of food, stops, throws the food around and just starts putting cocaine on his plate. <laughs> it's just like the... It's like Boogie Nights, like Scarface level of just dudes deep in white powder for like the second half of the movie. Um, uh, yeah, I thought there like someone was going to explode. There was so much coke, <laughs> but there was no fire like, hoses shoved in anyone's asses, so we were safe. <laughs> it's like Gary Busey level cocaine. Yeah, you know, it was just absurd. How about you, Scott? Um, uh, well, I I started in. Probably will not finish this series, um, and I wanted to mention it because it comes back to a conversation that you and I, Matt and yeah. Scott, had um, on on Facebook Messenger a couple weeks ago when I was uh, trying to work. Well, actually, just last week, I guess, when I was trying to work my way through it. Um, I tried to watch Everything Sucks on uh. Netflix, <laughs> and I do not like it. I, yeah. I I loved Freaks and Geeks. And the way that Matt prefaced it was, it's Freaks and Geeks in 1996. And um, I get that, but I don't feel it. Like, yeah. Freaks and Geeks is so much more heartwarming. Um, I'm, I think I got five episodes, maybe the end of the fourth episode, into... I got it to episode five in yeah. Everything Sucks. And um, I, I have no desire to, to continue because it's just far too cringy. Yeah. Like it, and I understand that's the point, but um, the same. And, and the reason I want to mention for this episode is because you were talking about get over it and how get over it you love so much because it reminds you of your high school drama teacher. And you said when I said I did not like everything sucks. I was about an episode and a half in. I'm like, dude, this fucking sucks. Like, I, it's not like it's not for me. And you were like, well, it just perfectly encapsulates what being a freshman in high school felt like. Yeah. Well, and I was in the TV studio throughout all of high right. school, which also was a big factor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's but not I something just, that people usually cover in any well, form of Well, but the thing is that they, they, they have the drama club. Yeah. And, like, I did drama in high school, so there was definitely that, like, overlap yeah. that I should have gotten. But everybody was just so excruciating. Everybody is just impossible. And, like, no one was a real character except for the main boy. Like, yeah. I felt like the main boy was, like, a real character that I liked. He was so cute. Like, just charming little boy. Great actor. But that's not going to save the show for me. Like, yeah. I can't stand the fucking adults. They're all awful. And I understand that's kind of the point is that they're, like, kids, too, and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I just don't have the 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 bullshit tolerance for yeah. that. It's, I mean, I think that for me, I got more invested in the show when they started making their movie. And you they, told me yeah. that, and I just can't get there. Yeah. Like, I can't they, give a shit enough to go they, on anymore. Because the, the, the thi- cause I had messaged you to ask you about a quote. There was a yeah, quote in, the, like, yeah, the near end, the end. Right, yeah. And so, I, I'm sorry, you're not going to No, that's fine. That so, so the quote that I think really, like, ties the show together, and this doesn't really spoil anything, but it's, it's I think, a very good, well-written scene is um, the, the main little boy, his father's estranged from him, um, and he finds a crate of VHS tapes, and he decides to watch the tapes, and it's just a bunch of video diaries that his dad did. And he kind of watches in chronological order where his dad and mom's marriage crumbled and why his dad walked out on him. But there's a scene where his dad says, he's like, I was watching Ghostbusters, and I've watched Ghostbusters, hundreds of times and it was the first time that I ever realized 
that this EPA guy that everyone hates is the only person who's doing his job. And he, <laughs> and he goes, and it made me realize that, like, at the end of the day, you can be the good guy in your life story and not realize that you are absolutely the villain in everybody else's. And like that's that's as, a great. That's I was a great like, scene, like, I'm sure. And like, I was just like, like I remember watching that and being like, oh, <laughs> like, it's like such like a chilling like, oh fuck, like and like I realized like, oh, that's what this show's trying to talk like. And I agree, it is not. It is never going to be as good as Ge- Freaks and Geeks. It's not even going to be as good as Undeclared. Undeclared is a super underrated show. Um, but like I said, it was just like, oh wow, they're doing a show like uh, for me. Like it was yeah, like, and, like I love the cultural yeah. references. Like I love the music and I love the. I mean, costumes. Any, anytime you have Space Hog kicking off, of, Ooh, <laughs> like, so good. But like, I just you know, like the stars did not align. Everything yeah. just felt like so uncomfortable for me. I just couldn't handle it. I saw a friend post this thing on Facebook today that made me laugh, where he just said. I've got a big pitch meeting at Netflix. And he goes, here's my list of ideas. And it was like, coming of age story that takes place in 2000. Coming of age story that takes place in 2005. <laughs> coming of age story that takes place in 2010. Am I a critical success yet? <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay. That's actually what I thought when I saw it. I was looking, you know, I, I haven't watched any of it. Yeah. So I have no idea what you guys are talking about, which is funny. <laughs> I just look and I go, oh, we're doing this again? <laughs> it's just because we got the time warp now, and it happens a lot yeah. on the show where we're like, "That was just like two years ago. It was a decade. Yeah, like, it was, it was a know? very long time ago." But Wrong Turn Six was only four. We were talking about Wrong Turn Six this week from 2014. Thanks again, Stephen, for joining us. We are always happy to have you on Horror Movie Night. Uh, we are just falling apart right now based on a lack of sleep, lack of energy and a, a whole lot more con ahead of us. So we will be back next week uh, in our regularly uh, Zen castered route, but we will be back doing the same old, same old for you guys. And uh, hopefully you continue to enjoy it. Thanks for checking us out at hmnpodcast.com, which uh, Stephen built for us. Yes, <laughs> I sure did. And also like, we need like a really high energy outro, like, Thanks for listening. <laughs> well, I'm trying to keep like, it chill since there's a, a, a noise ordinance oh, after 10. Well, now I'm, I'm the villain in this story. <laughs> yeah, the EPA Just guy. Just do my job. listening to the Geekscape Network.